The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. Welcome to the latest edition of the SWM podcast. I am your host, as always, Billy, and I am joined this week by one of the top trainers in Scotland, the tyrant, TJ Rage. How's it going? How are you doing, mate? I'm good. Thanks for asking. How are you? I'm very well. Very excited to have you on because uh, much like um, I'm speaking to Glenda Barr in a couple of days, a couple of weeks, I should say, and yourself and him always seem to pop up in any story I have of someone's uh, starting out, uh, if they've got who, who's their first person they helped uh, who helped them and um, always seems to be uh, yourself in and about there uh, so I'm very excited to get you on season three of this of this uh, show that's inexplicably still going um, first question is always the same though it's a boring one it's a boring wrestler question how did you get into wrestling what got you hooked uh, first of all thanks for having me mate I'm uh, excited to be here so what got me into wrestling? I've always been a fan. For day one, I think we all are. Anybody that's involved in this side of the pond's a, a wrestling fan. Um, always wanted to do it. Once I finished college, university, I found a school and just took it for there. It was quite, quite a random story, actually. A boy I used to work with, he knew I was into the wrestling, he knew I was looking into schools. He was at a party one night and came across somebody that knew the trainer at the time for BCW back in the day. I'm going back what, 16 years now, and he got me his number and uh, it took off from there. Uh, so as far as I think I, I remember reading an interview um, a while ago. I think it was 2015. Uh, WrestleMania 10 was that around about the time where you started watching? Well, that's that's one of the first ones I, re- I remember kind of having as a kid. My very first VHS. I said far back we're going VHSs. Uh, it was WrestleMania 2, I had that in VHS, but WrestleMania 10 was kind of a one that got me hooked and got me right into right into wrestling. And I kind of a, that's a, my first kind of a memory for, for loving it. Uh, there's quite quite a difference, uh, a bit of a contrast between WrestleMania 2 and WrestleMania 10, because uh, it took a big shift uh, between like your old school uh, wrestling, so to speak, and to the kind of uh, was it the new gen-ish? Uh, the new, just starting the new generation, that was the, the tagline, wasn't it? It would be the, the hashtag nowadays. I know, I know. I'm, age, I'm at an age where I had VHS as well, so it's it's very strange seeing all these hashtags on, like, back in my day, it was just taglines <laughs> on things. Um, so, was what you're, again, this is just from, from bits and pieces, I do my research for these podcasts. Uh, Bret Hart, is, is he one of your favourites growing up? Uh, he was one. Of, he was probably one of the favourites growing up. I was never a big Hogan mark. Like I love Warrior and I love Savage. Like I love those two. Uh, and then Brett, that was my. He's probably my all-time, my all-time favourite, still to this day. You know, it's like you go through different favourites as as you go through and as you keep watching and what have you. But I think he's he's always been my all-time favourite. Um, he's a guy that I don't think I. Well, when I started watching, it was '99. Uh, so I. I wasn't there for Brett. Uh, I've had to go back and watching things like uh, an OSW review, things that go back and look at these times, uh, you really grow to appreciate just the little 
subtleties that he brought to everything. Um, there's a lot. There's a couple of Bret Hart uh, questions in. That's that's why I brought that one up. So I'll just dive straight into those ones. Um, just first one is uh, Declan Early, of course, Krieger. He he asked how many Royal Rumbles had Bret Hart won. I always like to to wind me up on this one because. I was never happy. See the I don't know if you I've, you've probably seen it now, but the Royal, the 1997 Royal Rumble, how that one went down with with Austin getting eliminated, then obviously coming back in. So he always likes to to get that that dig in. So so we have a wee bit, me and him have a wee bit of fun with that. So obviously the answer to these questions one. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that he always mentioned it as a half for '94 because he didn't totally win it. <laughs> I know, I know. I always look, I always look at the see if you see if you go to Mania and main event, then you've won it. So ninety seven didn't count. Undertaker went to Mania that year and, and wrestled for the belt. So ninety seven doesn't count. Uh, and then Jason Hyde just dropped in with uh, just in big capitals the Bret Hart story. <laughs> so uh, I was fortunate enough to beat Bret. I think it was two thousand and six. There were there was a a whole load of wrestlers were doing a convention in, in Manchester, so I think. Brett was there, Warrior was there, Demolition, Sonny, um, Animal Fellow, the Honky Tonk Man, um, I'm just dropping all these names now. Um, but the old, the old BCW trainer that uh, I used to train under, myself and one of the other trainees went down, and uh, the BCW uh, trainer, he had connections, so he got us in backstage and went and got to meet Brett but uh, before I met him I walked into the toilet and he was sta standing doing, doing the toilet and I walked in and obviously you're going to be starstruck yeah you've looked up to all your all your days so that's, that's basically the, the Brett Hart story I was in the bathroom with him talking to him and uh, I was asking him about his book and when it was coming out obviously this is going back 2006 before his book, had, his book had just come out, and he didn't understand a word they were saying. You know, it's like you speak to if you've ever been if you've ever been to America and you spoke to somebody in a convenience store or in Canada, then they don't understand you. If me and my wife go away, she needs to do all the tongues. I just get frustrated because you say something, you ask for a Pepsi or something, and they can't understand a word you're saying. So that's a very hard story. In, in the in the gents bathroom inside Old Trafford in Manchester. Uh, ask them about his book. I mean, there's stranger ways to meet folk. I, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've never actually been to, I've been to Canada, uh, but I was young enough where I could get away with with uh, being able to mumble because, like, my mum was there, so it was fine. But uh, yeah, I'm always I'm always a little bit scared when I'm wanting to get to WrestleMania not next year, the year after in LA. And I'm just thinking, uh, nice yeah, fun. the Hollywood one. I'm just like. I've I've got no chance because I mean I, I don't think I've got that thick of an accent until I speak to someone not in <laughs> Scotland. And I apparently do have a thick accent. It's weird. I mean this hybrid of northeast weirdness where you, you either get two levels, understanding and nay. Oh, <laughs> when, I, when I speak to Andy, when I speak to Andy, it's uh, sorry, excuse me, and then I say it again and sorry, excuse me, and I'm like. Audrey, can you can you just order order the food or whatever? Canada is not as bad. I think if you speak slow enough, then they, then they understand you. But oh, America's 
America's really bad. And even in New York, look great. They're not the most patient people in the world if you're in New York. So, yeah, it's not the best. It's not the best there. So going right back to the start of training then, you, you got your contact, you got in BCW. Uh, did you have a bit of a sporting background beforehand? Did you do any, any kind of sports in college yeah. uh, before you did it? Well, I played football uh, right up to I was 18, from about 12 to 18. So that was my that was my sport before before I got into wrestling. Yeah, I played a wee bit of basketball, a wee bit of badminton in high school and then into college. I done sports at college. And then like my 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 background, like my job, one of my jobs is personal training as well. So I've always kept myself relatively fit until this lockdown came in. Um so yeah, just just football, played football for six, seven years before I started wrestling. And how did you find that first? I, mean, I know we're going back, what, uh, you said 16 years. So what, what do you remember from your first uh, couple sessions and, and how it was on your body? Um, I think it was the actual, the actual like, bumping and that wasn't wasn't too bad. My first, my very first experience, I went down like, just to check out and it was still in Wollongong at the time. Um but I, de- I never actually started there, so I done all my research. Went and found the school, went and spoke to the trainer, and then that school, that location, kind of a shut down. I don't know the full background for that. And then the, the trainer just took a wee break for a while, and then it started back in East Coast But my first couple of sessions were were a bit surreal. Like uh, my first my first day, it was really busy. Lionheart was in training, and this was just kind of a um, as Drew was getting signed the WWE first few sessions uh, Liam Thompson was there maybe the second session and then within maybe four or five sessions Drew was actually there taking training so the first few were pretty pretty um, surreal if you like like you're going in and you're seeing guys that are kind of already established on the scene at training um, I don't really remember like Say that again, Billy. No, I, was, I, was, I was just, uh, I was just saying, of course, because these are, I mean, even now they're their biggest names. But what well, back to what you're saying? Um, so I, I don't remember it being that bad. Like we just trained on mats back then. I don't remember the bumping and that being all that hard going on the on the body. The first thing, like, um, the first thing I remember hurting was the chops. See, the first time I done chops, um, the old, the old trainer would have a thing like you do three chops just take three chops and then that was that was you and then if you wanted to keep going you could keep keep going one of the first things I remember kind of a well this is quite this is quite sore but like taking the bumps and things like that I didn't find I didn't find them that sore uh, when, I, when I kind of went in I kind of mastered the the flip bump right away I found that one the easiest one I don't know I don't know how because I've always been quite a big guy um, but for some reason, I just I can I can do a really good uh, flip bump. But that's the first thing I remember hopping. And then the first time I got in the ring with the with the ropes, the um, the rope burns on the hitting the ropes for the first few times. That was quite that was quite painful. But I don't remember like the bumps or that being good. So that like the early the early days were were great experiences. It was it was never there was never really any consistency. Numbers at training one week, there would maybe be 20, 20 
20 odd people there and the next week there'll be like two. It was it was strange. Uh, but yeah, you say you're just a bigger guy, you're a big guy, it was just like broad shoulders. So I suppose if you do land in a bump, it's got more more space to to reverberate, that's not a word, reverberate it through, I'm just going to use it. Uh, but uh, yeah, I suppose that, that would be a bit, a bit easier. So you said 16 years, I've got down, according to the Germans at cagematch.net, your debut was in 2007, uh, which was 14 years. So about... 18 months, two years of training before you, you actually made your um, debut, was that no, right? I be, no, I was, I was only about six months, mate, so maybe I'm getting my, my... I was 20 when I started, I'm 36 this year, so... coming uh, up on Germans that are wrong. I, um, so I am 36 in July, I started when I was 20. Uh, I made my debut in the September of whatever year that was, whenever I was 20, mate, so... What was that? Uh, I was born in 85... 95, 2005, I think, then. All right, so, yeah, that's, that's a good that's a fair bit. September, September 05, I think. Uh, what do you remember that? For, at, did you get ready for that? Um, I think I was wrestling-wise. I hadn't, have, I hadn't had as much ring time as I probably would have wanted, but uh, my debut match was against Wolfgang, so... Uh, Obviously, the trainer thought I was ready, and um, Wolfgang was happy with the match after it, mate. So I would say I, w- I was ready for it at that point. Yeah, perfect. For, for a debut, as long as as yeah, the person you're with and the person who's booking you is, is happy, that's all you need, really, at that stage, isn't it? <laughs> no, definitely. As long as you believe in yourself, mate, and the, the booker believes in you, then that's what that's what matters at the end of the day. Um, so I've got two years missing of, of information then, so we'll, we'll kind of float about uh, of the last 16 years. Um, so I was just making a note of some of your opponents, and it was a pr- pretty good list, a pretty good list of people that you, you've been in the ring with. Um, one I'll bring up is uh, Vader. Uh, I got to work with Vader. Uh, was that was that BCW when he was over for that? That was BCW, uh, yeah. It was me and Red. Me and Red Lightning versus uh, Vader and Grado. Uh, I, I can't even tell you when that was. That was that would have been a good few years ago now, but um, um, that that was good fun. Walton McGrado is always always great fun. It's always uh, great to be in McGrado, and uh, he was backstage like, Feather, you should give me your mask, and I'll put your mask on." And um, like there was always all these horror stories kicking about about Feather. He's like, he's dead stiff, stiff. He's dead grumpy and to plan me, but. He was absolutely fine. Just get in and we, me and Red just pumped about for him. And I think if you watch that match, I don't think me and Red actually get any offence in. But uh, the crowd went home, home happy, mate. That's what, it's, that's what we were there to do our job. And it was fun. It was fun to be in the ring with him. Uh, was that one you were a bit starstruck? I mean, you, you met Bret Hart uh, in the toilets. Uh, but again, to wrestle Vader, I suppose this would be the guy you would have gone up watching on night, night seven. Ish, he was, he was in the uh, yeah. 96, 97. It was, it was a bit, it was a bit strange because if you go back and look, like, he never really had his Vader gear on. He just kind of a, had on, like, a vest and, and top. So it was like, you weren't kind of getting the, the full Vader experience, if you like. 
Um, but I, I would need to think back, mate. It was, it wasn't like um, I probably was still strong, still strong. Sorry, thinking back on it, but um, it all happened so fast. Like, didn't really have time to think about it. If you like, um, but I mean, like I say, trying to think back on it. You got, got 16 years of bumps to, to go through to get back <laughs> to that point. Um, another one that was, was of course, uh, Uha Nation, of course, now Apollo Crews and yeah. WWE. Um, so I've got down 2014. You remember know, by then you, you faced him? That was certainly in uh, PPW, but you faced him again, yep. SSW, perhaps. SSW, yeah. So I wrestled him in a singles match in Dumbarton. Uh, that, that was fantastic. He was obviously causing it. In Japan and in the Indies, and it was it was it was amazing. Some of the stuff that guy can do for how big he is, and all the flips, and it was it was a lovely guy. Um, so that was uh, that was a great experience. That was that was to that point probably one of my favourite matches and one of my biggest matches. Uh, I think before that I wrestled Doug Williams, so that was a pretty big deal as well. Um, but he was he was fantastic, and that was a that was a great experience. Uh, and then we done. We done a four-way match. Uh, SSW, I think it was me, Yuha Nation, BT Gun, and I think it was L Technical. In that match, obviously, I felt four-way is much different from a singles match, but both those matches were, were great fun and fantastic experiences. Uh, and then, of course, the one that I've, I've got to see a couple of your matches when... Uh... You came up for rock and wrestle. That was kind of the first time I seen you wrestle myself live, because uh, I'm in Elgin, so it's it's uh, an hour up the road to Inverness. Um, your match against uh, your match against Joey Legend all the way up, and I think was it Strathpeffer you may have faced. I think it was somewhere ridiculously oh. up north uh, in Strathpeffer, and then of course you came back down. I wrestled Drew, Drew, uh, Drew Galway at the time. Um, I don't know how many did you face? Did you wrestle Drew a lot beforehand, or was this your first match with him? No, that was my first ever match with we, we Drew. I'd done a wee bit of training with Drew before we went to WWE the first time. Um, he'd taken a few training sessions at what was originally the BCW Academy, um, but never, I'd never wrestled him before. I think it was supposed. To, I think it was a surprise one as well, if I remember rightly, because uh, you were. You were demanding a title shot, and then Drew came out and ended up fighting. Uh, so, I, I was when you're facing these big names when you're wrestling. Do, do you do do you overthink anything, or do you, are you just so used to this at that point where you're just like, oh, I'm just going out and wrestling, coming back. Right. Um, like with Joey, with, with Joey Legend, I'd wrestled him. I've wrestled him a good few times. Obviously, we were walking wrestling. Uh, he's he's over for W3L quite a bit, so. I'd wrestled Joe, Joe a few times. By that point, Joe was all, Joe's always always fun to wrestle. Um, but the whole the whole Drew thing happened so fast because it was meant to be Drew and Jack Jester. That night, I think that was a build match, but um, Jester was ill and couldn't make it. So it was it was all it was all very last minute and like. Normally, you would get time to think about it. These things maybe get announced a month, a, month, a couple of weeks in advance, but it literally happened that day. Um, I can't even remember who I was scheduled. 
schedule to wrestle. Um, so you don't have you don't have time to think about it and worry about it. But again, confident in my own, own abilities, I can go out there and, and have a good match with anybody. And obviously, Drew can go out there and have a good match with anybody. And it was um, to date probably my favorite my favorite match ever. Um, that that was that. weird. I, I do remember that because I, I was it was one of the few times I did I did running for the show, so I was picking up folk uh, at the airport and things like that. And uh, I went backstage and there was Drew. I was like, "You're booked for the show. Why are you here?" <laughs> and it was just like it was a very very weird time. Uh, but tag team wrestling, a terrible segue. But tag team wrestling is something that that uh, you seem to be quite synony- synonymous with. With uh, I've got. Uh, Raging Storm, of course. Uh, your your team, David Blaze, was it? I think it was called Blazing Storm. Uh, of course, tag champion with Kiger as well. W three L. What was it? What would you, you what, did you find tag team wrestling a, a bit more enjoyable? What what's what, what would be your preferred out of singles and tag wrestling? Um, I don't think I have a I don't think I have a preference to be honest with me. I just love wrestling. I just love being in there. Um, I, I do really enjoy tag wrestling when done properly. Like a lot of a lot of guys, single guys, are just thrown together and don't have a, don't have time to to build the kind of a chemistry. But a lot of the a lot of the independents don't have that many tag teams either because obviously it's an extra it's an extra wage bill at the end of the day. You know what I mean for the for the promoter. So you won't see loads and loads of tag tag wrestling up and down the the country. Um, so it's, it's completely different, but I love I love them both, mate. Um, so I wouldn't say I have, I have a preference, but uh, tagging McGregor on W3L was some of the most fun I've had uh, wrestling because we're, we're baby faces up there, which is not something you'll see me and Craig are doing loads of. But uh, Mitchell's gave us a lot of opportunities and a lot. It's a lot of fun wrestling. It's a lot of fun wrestling with Craigie and then. Just wrestling as baby faces is completely different from what you'll normally see both of these do. So I just I love both of them, mate, but I don't really have a preference to answer your question. Sorry. Uh, it, was, it was actually I, I didn't realise I was scrolling through my questions here and it was Cameron Finley who asked it, of course, Logan Storm, uh, who asked the question. Uh, but yeah, your your team with Krieger, uh, definitely when I've been watching things on WTL show wrestling showdown and and the like, you've got this kind of like, like road warrior kind of vibe, where whereas you are the baby faces, but you don't necessarily wrestle like baby faces. You just come in, bulldoze, and then possibly one of you is getting pinned, and, and that's it. So, uh, was there any conscious effort to make it like that? Because you're two big guys, um, to make it kind of like road warriors, or did you model it after any particular tag team? No, like like I say, mate, we just go out and have. We just go out and have fun. Well, well, me and Greg are probably best mates, and that's probably one of my best mates in the wrestling business. So we'll just we we'll just go out and have fun and and enjoy ourselves. Like if you ever thought that's one place I can go up and you'll see TJ Rage do a six one nine and W three L. So if you've never seen that, go and check that out in the W three L network. It's it's um we just go we just go out and have fun, mate, and. It's, um, we appreciate Musso for letting us do that. 
so it's, it's nice uh, to be able to go out and just just do that sort of thing if, if everywhere else you're supposed to be scowling or or uh, being the big heel and and that must be nice just to be able to just go out and and uh, especially with WTL crowd because we we're speaking to to Mike um he, he meant we talked about the inflatable hammers I hate inflatable hammers but it must be nice <laughs> to go to those crowds and just go well I'm again hit with them tonight so that's fine oh, no. <laughs> definitely. It's always good to see the see the heels getting hit with the inflatable hammers because some some of the kids are, are vicious. They've, they've got a good day. they've got a good bit of power behind them. Some of them will just come up and whack you as hard as you as hard as they can. I've I've witnessed kids turn those hammers and use the client. It is ridiculous how vicious <laughs> children could be. I mean, it's inflatable, but the client still. It's still got an edge. It's still got an edge. If they catch you, if they catch you with, a, with a kind of a stitching, if you like, if they catch you with that bit, like, you can get a sore one. Um, so I'm just going to, again, by dive into the questions because we'll just yeah. kind of answer some of them as we go along. Because Dean Ford asked, uh, what's your biggest achievement in your career and also your favourite match or moment? So we kind of mentioned the match bit, but uh, biggest achievement, favourite match, favourite moment? Um, biggest achievement, like kind of a, Personally, was was having the match with Drew. Um, doesn't get much. It doesn't get much bigger than that. Obviously, he's had the WWE Championship twice. Now, for for kind of a personal standpoint, but a lot of the a lot of the guys that I've trained is it's a big achievement to see how well they're doing. Your likes of Kenny Williams, she started with me. Um, Daddy Black coming through. I don't know if you've seen much of the ICW Fight Club team. She's He's doing amazing just now. There's a lot of guys coming through. Dean obviously started with myself. Dean Skinner's kind of a, those two guys are starting to make waves in ICW as well. I've been I've been doing it for a long time. So it was a big long Krieger. He started with myself. He walked. Um, him and obviously Lou are doing. Lou was more uh, kind of a bar school, bar head school. Um, but I've done a wee bit of training with with Lou as well and to see how well all the, the guys are doing is a is a big achievement as well which is obviously it's it's personal but it's more it's not something I've done it's just something I've been able to contribute to to help these guys do so well to say it's, it's really that's a, a really a selfless uh, pick as achievement just seeing your your kind of students and uh, doing well themselves so what what made you transition from? I mean, you're still doing wrestling, of course, but from being a wrestler to to taking up training. Uh, was there anything in particular that made you move to that part? It just, it just kind of happened. It happened kind of a kind of a naturally, if you like. Um, so I'm trying. I'm trying to think. We trained. We trained in East School Bride for a while, and then we had like a unit in East School Bride. And um, you had different guys coming through. There was always, always seemed to be kind of a show, shows on Sunday, and sometimes we were on the shows, and other times we were just at training. And um, I don't know if you remember, some people remember Chris Rampage, used to tag with, with David Blaze as well. And myself and him were the kind of a two most experienced guys at training. And the other trainers weren't, weren't always there. They'd maybe have a show or they weren't there. And then myself and Rampage would take the training. 
and then it was I just kind of started started for them, mate, teaching the less experienced ones, and then eventually that became that we opened up the the elderly school, and then it just kind of a snowballed for for them, mate. I can't even remember when that was, but that was a that was a good few few years ago. So it was just kind of a from we one of the most experienced ones helping the greener guys coming through to eventually opening the the elderly school and expanding the expanding the product. Um, so just to fight over to, to talk, Tom Humphreys uh, asked a question. I think he's, he's probably one of your students as well. Um, he just put, what does, training the, what does training the next generation of Scottish and British wrestling talent mean to you personally and professionally? So I kind of mentioned it as your biggest achievement, uh, but what does it, what does that mean to you that you are sending these guys to NXT to to beyond? This gives you that kind of a satisfaction I give them back, if you like, mate. Like, like wrestling is quite, it is quite a selfish sport. I suppose every sport is. I suppose you need to be selfish to a certain degree, but it's all about giving back and just passing on that that knowledge and helping helping the young guys come through. It's it's um, trying to think. What was it? What was it? Where's Tell me the question again. Uh, you so, said, what, what does training the next generation of Scottish and British wrestling talent mean to you personally and professionally? So, I mean, I suppose it means that you're doing the training right <laughs> in one respect as yeah. well. Yeah, definitely. Like, just giving the, giving the guy somewhere to go and somewhere somewhere to learn. Like, everybody's at different, everybody's at different levels. So, like... Um, Take take Dice take Black, for example, right? He come in, he's maybe been training somewhere between five and seven years. He come in, maybe a, a young 13-year-old boy, and he was, he was so small and so, so shy. And to be able to take him to where he is now, to give him that confidence and his own ability to go out and showcase, it's just, it's just amazing to see. And, like, young, young Tom, he's so, so keen, man. He's... He's got a lot of raw talent, but sometimes and it's not not just young young Tom. Sometimes the guys are trying to run before, like run before they can walk. So, but to be able to take them for the first bumps to to live shows is, is amazing to see, and it's, it is it's, makes you makes you dead proud to be able to see you you've done that. Because, like I say, everybody starts at at different levels, and you you'll have people who come in and have absolutely like stuff you like stuff you can't teach for example like personality and charisma and stuff like that you can't teach but you'll get guys that'll come in like Kenny Williams from day one like he had everything like everything was flawless everyone was absolutely flawless to him but you've got other guys that'll come in that um, I'm trying to think of an example like, maybe someday that's um Maybe maybe I mean Skinner's a good example. When he came in, like he he's quite an athletic guy, but maybe somebody that I thought wouldn't have went as far as he's he's came. So he's he didn't have the natural ability that, that Kenny has, but you see how far he's coming, how well he's how well he's doing now. It's just it's really it's really amazing to see and to have that like you need to have a lot of patience for a lot of them because a lot of them will think 
they'll try and run before they can walk if you like, mate. So it's just yeah. being able to have the, the ability and to teach that is really good. Yeah, I mean, well, I've, I've spoken to, to Daz for, for an episode that's not how it is yet, and he was pretty much saying he, he, he was keen, but pretty much his feedback when he came back was, yeah, you need to slow down. <laughs> slow down. <laughs> and uh, just get everything else in order first. So you can do all the you do all the flips and the fancy bits. So you needed you need someone to kind of just rein him in a little bit uh, for for that in his, in his respect. Anyway, so is there anything that you spot initially? Uh, like, is there anything you spot? We look at someone when they come in for their first training session or what have you. And go, right, they've got they've got something that we can work with. You try and see that in everybody, mate. Like, 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 I go back and see, like, say, sorry. A lot of the trainees now they watch, they watch all the all the indie guys. Like a lot of them, a lot of the indie guys don't perform the outer wrestling. If you if you like, they don't take their time and sell and and things like that. And a lot of guys will just watch all this and think, oh, that's how I'm going to wrestle and that's how I'm going to do stuff. And a lot of the stuff that they'll maybe watch, they'll maybe go and watch them a Lodgebury versus Ricochet or something and then think they're going to come in and do that the first day, you know what I mean? So you've got to be able to break it down and teach teach your basics. Like, all, all I'm looking for, mate, is like, when they come in, is it is a good attitude and a willingness to learn. And if they've got that, then you can get them to a decent, you can get them to a decent level at a very really show level, mate, you know what I mean? Absolutely, I mean, because you see guys of all shapes and sizes, you got your, the guys like, from one end, you got Lou, who is, what, five foot four, uh, as he says often, and then you got guys at the other end, like, um, like Kuma, or uh, Grum, I think Grum's an our wrestler, but these guys are, they're big guys, but they clearly have some, some aura about them as well, so wrestling doesn't have a, a type, I would say, with that, with everything. Definitely, definitely not. If you look, if you look at Lou, Lou's one of the most entertaining guys out there. Like, if you look at him and his tag team McGregor on the on the independent circuit, not talking, not talking about ICW, like out with ICW, like they come out to, I think it was the Liberty X song, and they've done all the dancing and things like that. And that's that's so that's so entertaining. Like those two, like you can't teach that kind of a personality. That's one thing. Like. You can't, you can't teach, you can't teach personality, and what those what those guys bring to the table is so so entertaining. And if you look at within ICW, like Lou's promos are, are really entertaining as well, but it's on a different it's on a different kind of a level. So that's that's something that's something you can't teach. You need to not be shy, like. But that's that's something you can you can kind of learn how not to be shy and go out in front of a crowd and like you can't be shy if you want to wear like in front of three four hundred people you know what I mean. But if as long as as long as people come in they're respectful and they want to learn then I'll give them as much time as they need to to get to where they to where they want to get to you know what I mean. So like I don't really I don't really that's all I look for. And people, you know what I mean? Just just the willingness to do it, to, to try. Definitely. Like like I say, there's no Goldbergs kicking about Scotland that just do wrestling because oh, I think I'll be good at this and I'm going to 
I'm going to make lots of money. There's, like everybody does this because they've got a passion for it and they love it and they want to follow their dreams. Uh, I mean, when you're saying things like I watch watching the independent matches and Ricochet, Osprey, and all that kind of stuff, when you think about like for for me anyway, my some of my favourite matches have probably had five moves in it because they've done that character work, they've done the build. Grado, you know, I've seen Grado doing uh doing all these flips and and all that stuff. You can you can get things just as over by I don't know uh, just tripping you up, and that's it. Money made, uh, but yeah, that's that's I'm, I'm totally agree. There's, there's no there's no set way to wrestle, but I suppose the, the less you can bump, the better on your body as well as at the end of the day. Also, no, def- definitely. If you can go like like I say, Grado, Grado is the most entertaining man in Scotland. Like everybody, everybody loves him. You go out and you just wrestle his match, and the crowd eat it up, and the and they love it, and everybody's everybody's got to find their own style and wrestle their own way. You've got all these big men that are trying to do flips and stuff like that when, like, they're trying to do all these fancy moves, but if a big man can take your head off with a clothesline, that's going to get over, you know what I mean, rather than doing a big flip or a big dive for the, for the top rope or a big back body drop or something, then these things... People need to learn how to wrestle their size and find a style that suits them. That's it. I mean, when you were saying earlier that, that you're, one, of your, one of your things you learned really quickly or were able to do is the flip bump. Um, I, mean, I suppose I'm just trying to think of your matches. And actually, it, it makes sense. Like, you're, you're the big bruiser guy. You'll spear someone. You'll club them. Big clotheslines. But if someone gets you and you do that big flip, that's it. They, they, they're made for that moment. Because they've made you do that that big out of out of ordinary uh, uh, flip. So it's yeah. I mean, when you try to break down wrestling, wrestling is really easy. It's, it's logically it's really easy. It's just trying to get that reaction. Um, right, we're going to go over to the questions for a second because I've got Ian Skinner. We mentioned him. He gave me a weird one. He just put, "What comes after Bish Bash Bosh?" <laughs> and so. I- that's, that's something like if I'm when I'm teaching the guys I'll go off and mad tan, mad tangents and start using my hands and just start like I'll be I'll be talking about one thing and then I'll go into the next thing and then that's something one of one of my old trainers used to say it's just kind of a something I've picked up. So like talking about the baby faces come back, whatever whatever that kind of a moves are, like a, that's kind of a what bish bash bosh means. So if it's Whatever it is, like your big, your big hot tag in a tag match, your big comeback, like bump, 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 bump and feed, like get up and go and show the crowd what you've got. So what usually comes after bish bash bosh is a big back body drop. Um, <laughs> uh, Craiger asked, uh, "How good was the APA speech when you were in Texas?" <laughs> I think. Um, I think you should get me and Craigie on one time in an over 18s episode and we'll get a, we'll crack open a few beers and we'll talk about Texas. Um, but I think we were both too drunk at that point to remember. The AP the AP's speech um, in Texas. I don't even think we made it. 
And Pumpy, what show was that? Was it, was it um, uh, Ron Simmons Hall of Fame? I mean, Craig were at WrestleMania 32. Together, I'm not sure. If it, I'm not sure if they, I'm not even sure if the AP went in because I know Bradshaw went in this year or 20, the class of 2020 or 2021. But it'll be uh, Teddy Long going in because didn't um, Aaron Simmons and Bradshaw they did his induction. Maybe whoever whoever the, whoever the first inductee was at the what well, was that five years ago so. Was it 2015? Yeah, we'll find out. Because it'll annoy me it 2015, whoever the first, whoever the, the first inductee was, I'll see if I can find it here. Me and him were... Because I'm sure the tickets, I'm sure the tickets said like half seven on it. So we've showed up at half seven and it's already started. Um, It was the Godfather. The Godfather, so yeah, I think that's what he means. I don't know if one of the... I don't know if one of the AP or the AP inducted the Godfather, but um, I think I think that's what he's referring to. But um, I I think you maybe need an eighteen plus episode there, mate. And we'll crack open a few beers and we can the three years can sit down and do that. That's, we've got some good stories for Texas. I'm I'm certainly planning. I'm, I'm uh, I think we could actually uh, break out the old pennies and get like. The, the unlimited version of Zoom and we can get all folk on and just, just have an absolute wild time. I could just sit back and watch it happen. Uh, <laughs> all recording. Once, uh... it'll, be, it'll be a disaster, but it'll be beautiful at the same time. Uh, so we've got... Uh, let's, let's go for another question then. Let's see what we've got. These are all nice ones. We've just got Stone Malone. Last one I've got. No, I've got two here. Stone Malone, he's just been favourite McFlurry. Favorite McFlurry. That's his. That's his favorite question, isn't it? It is. It is. Um, for me, I think it's a smarty one for me, but I like. I like them all. Man after my own heart. Smartest. My always my top choice. Nobody seems to pick it, so I'm all in for that. And uh, you know, Raw. He's this is the last fan question, and we go back to to all this stuff because uh, I've got loads to cover. Uh, favorite John Cena match. Oh, favorite John Cena match. That's one of my. John Cena is one of my favorites. Eh? All time, Dick's got a good story. Craig, he's got a good story for WrestleMania 32. I'll let him tell that because he tells it better than I do. Um, I would have to say versus Edge, Unforgiven 2006 in Toronto, the TLC match. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's one of my favorites. You know, Edge is one of my all time favorites as well. Uh, and those two together were just phenomenal. So, I would, I would say that one. And if you've not seen it, go and check it out. Oh, it's it's phenomenal. Um, it must be it must be kind of cool then. I'm sure that you said you wrestled Joey and, and numerous times. I'm sure you've picked his brain trying to get these. He's he's not. He's very giving with stories <laughs> when it comes to, uh, to his his, uh, his mates. But were you kind of picking his brain for edge stories and and all that kind of thing? I'm trying to get a word in with with Joey. Joey's uh, hard enough. He's always just kind of a. We just always. Bangs off stories with it. Kind of a speaking to him, if you like. Um, I can't. I can't think of any off the top of my head that he's always he's always talking. Say he's talking about Edge. He'll be like, so me, me and Edge and Jay. That's and then he'll go. That's Edge and Christian. <laughs> and then I'll be like, he'll go on and he'll tell the he'll tell the story. And then like. Um, 
you're you're too busy laughing at the fact you said that to to hear the rest of the story. You know what I mean? Like you're just laughing at the fact the way he's, the way his delivery is just it's just funny, and then you miss a, you can't ever miss the story. Yeah, I've I've driven him twice, and that's that's what's happened every time. So oh, me, me, Adam, Jay, and Terry. Like you know, that's it. Uh, Edge Christian and Rhino, and then I'm just like <laughs> I've just blanked from that point because I went. I know. <laughs> just just lost it from that point. Uh, right. So before we we move on to things like pro wrestling Scotland, which we'll get to, you're recently on, you know, just a little thing called the WWE Network. Uh, which is now on Peacock in front of was it thirty six to forty two million potential people watching you wrestle, uh, facing Andy Wild. How how did that come about, and and what are your thoughts on the whole experience? Oh, the whole the whole experience was fantastic. Um, just kind of a kept pitching ideas to ICW management. Like I've been there, been there a few times. ICW would. I had a really good run back in the, a few years ago, um, in the group called Offcom. That that was uh, we had a really good run there uh, with with Nicky Cross and I think Demo was in that as well at one point. And then Nicky just kind of a kind of a stop. Like during that one, I got a wrestle uh, Moshe in a singles match in the garage. That was that was one of my my favourite matches. Uh, John Moss. Um, one of my favourite singles matches. That was that was fantastic. Uh, and then me and Krieger had a couple of matches as a, as a tag team in ICW against the the Pulge. Again, that was one those guys. Those guys are, are fantastic. Man, I don't know if you've seen much of their stuff, but going back to tag team wrestling, that's that's a tag team. I really I really enjoy watching them and really enjoyed working them. I think we only worked them like once in a singles like a singles tag, and then there was once in a triple threat. Tag with Wild Boar and I can't remember his tag team partner's name. Uh, Mike Bird. Mike Bird, that's the one I so again that's a that was another fantastic tag team. So we got to do that. And then kind of um ICW went with, with Lou and Krieger, just the the timing. The timing was was better for them and the dynamic was better. So I was just just kept pitching ideas and then uh, I got the call for ICW management to come and do it. Um, obviously the matches are I don't know if I'm breaking the fifth wall here but if I'm you can edit this <laughs> just delete this but, but the matches the matches are filmed obviously for the NTV and then everyone's put together so I wrestled I wrestled Daz uh, first but that, that's not been on yet on the night of the taping um, and I actually got hot on that I, I tore my bicep tendon off the off the First, I tore my bicep off the tendon right at the start of that match. I didn't, I didn't really know I'd done it. I felt pins and needles in, in my arm, and I was like, I looked down and my bicep wasn't where it was meant to be. And I was like, so I finished the match with Daz. I don't even know how it happened. It just, like, I happened at the start of the match. I just remember looking down when I started the heat on him and it was gone. So, got patched up with a physio, taped up put the elbow pad on and went out and wrestled Andy. So I really enjoyed the match with Andy. I thought it was good, but it could have been better if I wasn't hurt. Um, but the whole experience was fantastic. It was uh, it was really good. And then to be on the on the network was was uh, 
very surreal watching myself back, but it was it was fantastic at the the same time. It's, it's one of those things I like I like speaking to folk about this because you can you can literally go into a search engine now and type TJ Rage, and you'll pop up. Uh, so if you go Bret Hart, there you go. There's all Bret's matches. Put in TJ Rage. There's my match against Andy Wild. Um, that that's yeah, that, that's blown my mind a little bit. That I mean, this like, is supposed to go out in June, so hopefully by that point, this the, your match with Daz will have went out. Uh, but I think if, it's, I think it's on next week. Oh, that's fine. But uh, I mean, if not, that's still quite incredible because I was watching your match with, with Andy, and it is really a. It's a brawl. It's there. There's just you didn't let up. You didn't show that you had uh, an injury at all. It was just two big dudes just smacking each other <laughs> for a good, good couple uh, minutes. I really, I really enjoyed that. And Andy's a fantastic talent. I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed the match with we, we Andy. Like me and him, kind of started the same kind of a time, and for the amount of for the amount of like years we've been in it together. That was only ever our second singles match in 16 years, so that, that's quite incredible. Incredible to think about, considering how long we've actually been in the scene together. Yeah, I think I saw when I was when I was doing my little research that the only other match I saw with you and Andy in it was uh, was like a, a four way or something like that in, in ICW. Uh, but this is a, a, a good while ago. This was when uh, like. A very long time ago, anyway. Nice CW. Um, what was it like wrestling in front of nobody, no fans, no crowd, just just a couple of camera folk? See, to be honest with you, like once once the bell rings, you don't really you don't really notice it. If I'm honest, like you knew the guys were watching backstage, you knew the camera guys were there. Excuse me, like. It's almost you're just in the zone. Like I see, as soon as you once you get into that zone, your music hits, you're out, and you just go out and you do it. So obviously it was it was different, but it was still it was just amazing just to be back in the ring and being able to being able to wrestle. I mean, I suppose when I've seen you wrestle, anyway, your character doesn't often lend to to not necessarily working with the crowd. Because, of course, you do the claps, get the come-ons and all that kind of stuff. But really, TJ Rage is the big, intense monster. He, he does his, act, his actions, do the talking. So I suppose have nobody ringside. Yeah, like you say, it's once once you get going, that's it. Just ready to go. Definitely. Um, yeah. Just like I said, once you get into it, man, once that, once that bell rings, you're on the zone. And you just, just went. Um, so moving outside of, of actually doing wrestling, you run Pro Wrestling Scotland as, as well. Um, yep. So there's a couple of shows, it took a bit of a hiatus, and then it was really starting to kind of pick up about 2018 onwards-ish. Um, what made you decide to start promoting your own shows? Uh, just basically somewhere for my guys, my guys to go, because obviously uh, we've got the two schools under... The one banner, so uh, it was just just somewhere for my guys to go and give them that that experience. Working with the 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 more experienced guys, we got that many guys coming through coming through the doors. We've got them to show ready, 
So just basically somewhere for the guys to go and to get in front of a live crowd and give them that experience to go for the more experienced guys. We had a couple of we had a couple of really good shows before we kind of shut down and we had obviously more plans going ahead with more shows booked moving moving forward before COVID kind of kicked in. And of course, uh, some of the match, well, some of the shows, well, at least two of them, I think, were working hand in hand with, with Krieger's uh, Pro Wrestling Innovation as well. Um, is this kind of going forward? Is this is this your kind of way to again get your guys on, get their guys on, and just just uh, have it as a bit of a, a training ground, but uh, like a like a finishing school kind of thing where they can keep active? Yeah, so my, my kind of a goal with Pro Wrestling Scotland is have my guys face the more experienced guys and give them more opportunities. So if you if you look, um, take Daz Bly, for example, the last two shows he wrestled Stevie, Stevie Boy. Xavier, he wrestled him twice, once in New Mains and then once in Alloa. That was the, the kind of a joint show with um, Pro Wrestling Innovation and then he wrestled Kenny Williams. Um, again, in New Mains before, obviously, COVID hit. Um, trying to think, Stone Malone. He wrestled bad boy Liam Thompson at one of the one of the shows. So it's just just a chance for my guys that are coming through to get in the ring with these guys that have been around the block and done it, done it a thousand times. Dean Ford wrestled BT and Stevie in a triple threat match in his hometown, and um, so just to get the guys that experience to get out and. Wrestle because they're not, they're not going to learn so much in training, but they need to get in front of a live crowd and then wrestle guys that are better on them to get better. They're not going to get better wrestling guys that are kind of on the same level, if you like. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, I was just remembering that, that I saw a clip of the Dean Ford versus uh BT Gun Stevie Xavier, and it just reminded me of uh. Just the open bit, I can't remember the event now, which is annoying me. I think it was Survivor Series 2009, maybe. It was uh, Shawn Michaels, Triple H and John Cena. And it just opened with, with Shawn Michaels super kicking Triple H. And the place just went absolutely nuts. Uh, and that was just the first bit I saw. It was Dean just booting Stevie out of the ring and then getting on with the match. I was like, oh, amazing. Um, yeah, so, so for the rest of the Scotland, so... That, that's that's your is, is this your kind of um, I don't know out of ring back when you decide to finally not wrestle anymore is this your kind of what you're going to be doing training pro wrestling Scotland is that your your plan going forward and obviously in the future hopefully, hopefully uh, COVID permitting uh, hopefully I've got a, a good few years left in me mate. I don't know obviously I'll see how this injury heals up and uh, take it to the air don't I don't plan on retiring anytime soon, but my body might decide otherwise. I mean, I mean, you're only thirty-six. I mean, uh, wrestlers are going up into their fifties quite happily now, so could be a while yet. Just got to stay, stay fat, and stay, stay in condition, mate, and take it for there. But hopefully, hopefully, the the, the training show comes back with a bang after COVID, and then. We can start booking some shows and getting some fans, some butts and sheets, seats, and entertaining some people. Um, so when COVID hit, of course, it was what March last year, uh, so long ago. 
Um, how have you been? Of course, you did did the bits for ICW, but how beforehand? How did you keep yourself active and and ready, even show ready to go? Uh, of course, you do PTing as well. So is that what yep. you were doing in the in the meantime? So kind of on my full time jobs in education. So I was still doing that. Um, Working, working with kids with additional support needs. So that's that's my full-time job. And then I do some PT and so I'm still doing that all the way throughout COVID. And then I was just doing doing some circuit training and I invested in a set of dumbbells that I was just doing. I was still training in the house and everything was going relatively well. I was still in good shape until I got hot. And then the first couple of weeks, like, I was in a sling and, like, I was still kind of a feeling the side effects from the anesthesia. Is that how, how you say it, if I said that I right? so, yeah. It's kind of a knockout gas, if you like. Um, so I was still kind of feeling that for the first couple of weeks. So I was I was struggling just to like do a 10-minute, 15-minute walk. And then obviously the gyms are open back up now. So getting back in, just getting back in about it now and getting the conditioning back up and... I can train my legs just now and I can lift 5kg for upper body. So maybe by the time this goes out, I'll be back. Back training properly in the gym and hopefully we're not too far away from getting the guys back in training as well. Well, I think when, when this actually goes out, we should be days away, fingers crossed, from, from uh, the next phase of restrictions being lifted. So... Uh, hopefully by that point um, we'll be a bit clearer on where we're at and, and what we can do. Um, a company I just want to bring up, just because, of course, Logan Storm, uh, former tag team partner for yourself, is also uh, part of your like welfare team, welfare officer team, um, as of last year with with PW, uh, PWI. I think it was Respect is another company that comes to mind. I think it is. Um, he set up Pro Two as well. So as as is that something you were? I don't think you're announced for Pro Two, but is that something that, that he's helping out with you guys? Are you, you have you been kind of recommending some guys to go to him? Yeah, definitely. Uh, no, I have been. I, I will be wanting for Pro Two when it uh, if if I, if I can go. Uh, I'll be there and kind of. A, I'm sure he mentioned this when he spoke to, you, but his vision again, just giving the younger guy somewhere to to get out in front of a live crowd and. And perform. Um, the more companies, obviously, the more companies that can work together and uh, communicate and trade talent and what have you, it's going to be beneficial for for everybody moving forward. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to to being part of that and just looking forward to being able to wrestle again. Absolutely. I mean, I mean last year, of course. Yeah, I think, I think now more than ever. It's important that companies, uh, especially, communicate. That's, that's the most important thing because uh, it was a very, a very uh, murky time. I mean, again, we're coming up to a year since that stuff happened, uh, but yeah, it was a very, very murky time. And uh, hopefully, I say, hopefully, we'll, we'll be able to, people will be able to get out wrestling safely and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, right, I've got two questions that we ask everyone. They're a bit stupid, uh, so I'll just making you aware of that before I ask them. One you'll probably be familiar with, because uh, it's, a, it's a Craiger looking sharp question that we've adopted. Uh, but the first one that I ask everyone now is, uh, what's your favourite dinosaur? 
my my favorite dinosaur. I'd have to say T Rex. That's a classic. Can't go wrong with T Rex. And the other question we have is, uh, and I regret I'm keeping it now because I've asked that many times. What would win in a fight? <laughs> Two sheep or one cow? <laughs> Where did you get that? Did you get that for Krieger? Uh, Krieger mm. asked Lewitt, and it's it's been in our question pot ever since. <laughs> well, you've got you've got to take the numbers. You've got to take the number advantage. I'm going to go two sheep. That's it's one of those questions where where you either have an answer or you've spent far too much time thinking about it, agonising <laughs> over the answer. That's, uh, def- but- that's definitely something Krieger would be asking. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think Lou got to the point where he said he doesn't know the answer anymore. He just picks the opposite one that, that Craiger picks, and then that's it from there. They just argue about it for for no reason. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a, it's a it's a weird one, but we're keeping it. Uh, so I mean, we, we spoke about your career, and, and of course your favourites being Bret Hart and what have you. Um, WrestleMania thirty two was there a particular reason why you wanted to go to that one, or was it just a it was to go to WrestleMania. Just I just um, so I've been to three. I've been fortunate enough to be in the three manias. That was my second one. Um, me and the wife went to WrestleMania 29 in New York, New Jersey, or New Jersey, New York, New York, however you say it. So that was the first one, and we just made a holiday out of it. We went there for two weeks and took in WrestleMania, and um, yeah, it was just WrestleMania 32. Just me and Dyke decided. Right, we're going. Let's save up and go and do it. Like I can't remember if it was like his idea or my idea or or what it was. We just kind of uh, decided, right, we're going. And then I was at thirty-three as well with a wife. So, so you got uh, Rock Cena, and that would have been yep your first one. Oh, nice. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think you've, you've taken. I think you you would have got, of course, Undertaker. You would have got Rock. You would, you got all the, all the all the biggest names ever. Probably Hogan turned up at some point. I can't remember. It's that it's a blur now. Um, I don't remember Hogan at any of those ones actually. Uh, I've been to I was at, I've been to a few SummerSlams as well, uh, which was pretty cool. I got to Toronto. The got to see Goldberg live, which was pretty cool. Because uh, obviously, I grew, I grew up, and I grew up like, like I said, I was a big Bret Hart mark. But like when I was kind of a teenager, I didn't have Sky. It was more TNT, so it was all. It was more. I grew up more on kind of a nitro into like your, when you started getting into it. So you like probably ninety seven through two thousand. It was more Friday night would be WCW Nitro, then then Thunder, and Saturday morning would be would be WWE. So. Getting to see Goldberg live was a was pretty cool. And Edge, Edge come back at that one, and he, that's when he speared Elias on the pre-show for some weird, weird, weird reason. And like I say, I'm a big Edge mark, so that was fantastic as well. Um, I, I think I think people will kind of agree. You, you kind of a lot of your your offense is very Goldberg esque as well. Just just the big spear, and uh, what have you. See another one that was you kind of. Put together your your wrestling repertoire. Was he was he uh, an inspiration for that? Uh, probably probably some of the moves. Yeah, I've always been I've always been enamored with like the, the big muscle bound guys as well. Goldberg, Triple H, Cena, obviously the Rock. The Rock now the Rock was it wasn't a small guy back in nineteen ninety eight ninety nine, but it was never 
he was never the biggest. He was never like the big body guy, like uh, guys like Batista and things like that. These guys always, guys that are larger in life, Arnold Schwarzenegger outside wrestling. These guys have always inspired me to go in and lift weights and what have you and, and train. Uh, so a big Arnie fan, is that movies as well or just, just his bodybuilding work? Uh, everything, yeah, you've got to love Arnie. Andy, Andy doesn't love Arnold Schwarzenegger needs uh, to re-evaluate that. So I'm not, I'm not so much for his action films, but give me Kindergarten Cop. Oh, Just, that's that. On a that's Sunday, really... ITV2, with the adverts, I don't care, I'm watching Kindergarten Cop. Brilliant. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, definitely. So, so Arnie, outside the ring, anything else that, that outside of wrestling people might not expect uh, TJ Rage to be into? Um, no, like football, big Liverpool fan. Um, I, I don't have any further conversation about football, to be honest, other than <laughs> the team's not doing great this year. That's about it. That's all. No, it it's not. We've not had the best of the year. Um, and the gym, lifting weights, mate, that's just the usual stuff. Like, I wouldn't say there's anything else unusual. Just the, the usual stuff people like to do, going out with their friends, eating cinemas, that kind of stuff, mate. Nothing, nothing, nothing unusual. kind of unusual. Nothing yeah, unusual, you, I would say. You have got a, a collection of, like, uh, what are they called? Oh, God, I can't remember. The, the, the Bears. What are they called? Uh, I'm totally blank on them. Anyway, yeah, you don't have an old collection of stuff uh, hanging no, about. No, I've... Uh, <laughs> I grew, up, I grew up on Power Rangers, so, like, when they brought out the Legacy Collection... I've got some of that stuff, so I've got some Power Rangers collection and some some wrestling kind of stuff. I, I like I like like the belts and stuff, like the wee mini wrestling belts. I collect that, and I collect some some wrestling figures that like the guys I grew up on, like Macho Man, Ultimate Warrior, Brett, Sting. Uh, when it, comes, when it comes to figures, my, my only rule now is if they're Scottish, I'll buy them. So of course I've got a Drew. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure there'll be a Nicky somewhere hanging about in Elgin that I haven't found yet that I'll, I'll, I'll get. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, belts, well, I mean, you might as well see them, but I've only got three because that's only as many as I can get into the house because I've got a mortgage <laughs> to pay for. I think if I come home with another belt, I'll be, she'll be like, nah, we've yeah, got no. a spare room for a reason. You can go sleep in there. <laughs> <laughs> Instead. I, I, can like, I like the wee mini ones, see the wee 12-inch ones. Um, you can get away with a few more of them. <laughs> I'll, I'll bear that in mind. And uh, Power Rangers, oh, I love Power Rangers. I mean, we're not that di far different in age, so legacy, Mighty Morphin, yeah, I'm yep. all over that. Mighty kind of Morphin, stuff. that's what that's what I grew up on. I grew up in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and that was like, um, that was my childhood. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to. I've got my, my wife into the Marvel films, so I'm, just, I'm very slowly getting my way to getting a Captain America shield in the house and all that kind of cool oh, stuff. Nice I mean, I've already got uh, uh, Mjolnir in the background, which is like the best oh, thing yes. ever. But like uh, I'm going to have to really work on, on uh, Power Rangers if I want to get a, a, a Saba sword <laughs> in the house. Or... Uh, you maybe need to take out, you maybe need to remortgage me for one of them. I've got one of them kicking about. Uh, one of the legacy ones. I had one when I was, I was seven. It was the best thing ever, but just one of the originals. mangled. Aye. No, mine, mine's uh, it's open, but it's displayed. I'll send you a photo later, mate. Oh, I can't. I, I love seeing that kind of thing. Um, Alistair, uh, Alistair Adams, 
he's got uh, he's got a couple of helmets, a couple of Power Rangers helmets. So uh, if you're ever looking to 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 book the Red Power Ranger for Pro Wrestling Scotland, he's got the full <laughs> kit. He's got everything for it. So just just uh, throwing out Alistair getting get some bookings. I say to book him. Uh, but right, so I think we'll, we'll a bit over an hour. We'll wrap up here. But if, if anyone, well, anyone like a big philosophical one. Um, if anyone's thinking of of training once this whole thing's over, what would be your main advice for them? Just give it a try. Like, just go for it. Like I say, there's been people that are doing amazing just now that on the first day you would never thought you, they would make it. You just got to believe in yourself and like just make those first steps. Just find a school, do your homework. If it's close to you, if it's if it's not close to you, if you need to travel, like I'm sure a lot of people have seen the WWE 24 with Vu. And if you've you've not go and watch it, and if you've you've not read his book, definitely go and get his book. It's very for any it's inspiring to be a wrestler. That's very inspiring. But if if you've never done a training session, then just find a reputable trainer and just give it a go. You you never know until you try. Don't don't be negative and don't like be down on yourself before you before you start. Just give it give it a try. And if it doesn't work out for you, it doesn't work out. But at least you know you tried it and you, you gave it a shot. And if if you do, you might not might not be what you expect. You might go in and you might not be very good the first few sessions, first six months of the first year. But if you if you put the work in, then you'll get to where you want to be. Perfect. Um, well, perfect. Uh, right. So where can people find you on social media? Just TJ Wade UK, Instagram and Twitter, Facebook. Excellent. Well, perfect. Well, thank you very much for joining me today uh, on the SWM podcast. Thanks for having me, Billy. Good talking to you.